Hello everyone and welcome to the first episode of the Healthy Metaverse. I'm Miran Or, as you can hear from the accent, I'm originally from Israel. And I stumbled upon virtual reality and healthcare after serving 15 years in the Israeli Air Force. I started feeling pain in my right hand. After a while, the pain grew stronger. And after an MRI scan, they found that I'm suffering from a whiplash injury, the active flight and the G-forces. And then the idea came about to combine VR and rehab. A year after I decided to open Extra Health, which is a platform for different type of therapeutic extended reality applications. After six and a half years in this arena, I think there is a major gap between how effective this technology can be and how little people are aware of the potential of this technology. And the idea behind this podcast is to try to tell the world and to people that are interested in extra in healthcare that it's It's not just a gimmick. It's not just for gaming. There are a lot of things happening in the industry. But I think what I'm trying to do in this podcast is to try to tell you, the audience, uh, how effective this technology is. And I think there is a very big gap between the research that have been done and amazing people have been working in the industry to show how effective it is. Uh, But there is a very big gap of how many people are actually using this technology and how many people are aware that this technology can help them. So the general idea of this podcast is that once a week, hopefully people will be able to maintain it, is to showcase one or two clinical trials or use cases where VR is making a difference. Uh, And as you'll see during those series of uh, recording and through that podcast is that it's not that it's a single use case. There are multiple situations in the healthcare arena where VR is making a big difference. Uh, So again, the idea is that it will be casual uh, and hopefully if you're interested in virtual reality in healthcare, you'll find this content relevant for you. And more important, I think, if you are a believer in the VR in healthcare arena or XR in healthcare arena, you'll share that with other people that are not aware of this, this type of technology. Uh, I'll try to invite uh, people that will, you know, in the front lines, not just from extra health, but across the board that are using this technology and seeing the impact that this technology have on multiple use cases and on patients' lives. This first episode will be a very generic one. I'll try to uh, emphasize and maybe lay the ground of why virtual reality is effective in different type of scenarios. Uh, And with that, again, from the next episode onwards, we'll try to bring some more specific use cases. So we'll start with the first question, VR in healthcare, how does it work and why should people use it in this new era of virtual reality? It's associated mainly with gaming after Meta bought Oculus and 
think most of the people today and still probably 95% of the users uh, are coming from the gaming industry. And people are not aware that I think one of the biggest advantages of being inside the virtual reality environment is that you can hijack the brain to treat the body. The gaming industry are using it to have a better gaming experience. And then that's why usually why you're seeing people bouncing into walls or getting very scared. But in healthcare, this can be used for a lot of different use cases. It can be used for different types of therapy. So if you are afraid of heights or afraid of being afraid of snakes or afraid of anything, we can use virtual reality in order to expose you gradually to that specific unpleasant situation that you're feeling. And then with the help of a therapist, it could be, by the way, a human being. In the future, it could be an AI. Gradually teach you how to cope with your fears. And in situations like if you are afraid of flying, for that matter, it's very hard to simulate when putting you on an airplane over and over until you feel comfortable to actually fly. But with a virtual reality headset, you can do that. And you can teach the person how to cope with those unpleasant situations, like in fear of flying, fear of heights, etc. Just by gradually helping them cope in a controlled way with their fear. So that's one example of why this type of immersive technology is very effective. The second piece of, or the second avenue that is probably the most researched one in the virtual reality and healthcare space is the pain management aspect. And here it's becoming tricky, but on a general note, the pain management verticals are separated into two main avenues. One is distraction therapy, which is straightforward. I think one of our, one of my favorite framing of why distraction therapy works is our brain operates like a computer where let's say 70 to 80% of the compute power goes to visuals and sounds. And once you're overloading our CPU and our brain with visuals and sounds, for that matter, the virtual reality experience, other things are being downgraded in the priority list, like pain or acute pain for that matter. And we can overload our CPU or our brain and basically have our compute power uh, compute the virtual reality environment and not focus on the pain. And that can be very effective in any type of unpleasant situation. It could be while you are replacing band-aids if you are suffering from burns. It could be during labor. It could be even in the OR, which I'll talk about in our next episode probably. It could be during unpleasant situations like dialysis or chemotherapy. And that's within the ballpark of let's call it distraction therapy. The second element in the pain management arena is be it's 
basically to take all the hypnosis type of things that's been around for a long period of time or cognitive behavioral therapy, and then teach the brain how to cope with that, with the pain, but not just in that acute phase, but also help the patient to teach themselves how to cope with the long-term effect of those things. And by using different types of cognitive behavioral therapy techniques, we believe we can, for a long period of time, affect how people are coping with the pain. The same and very similar thing can be done with stress and anxiety. It's also something that is very effective, and a lot of companies are doing amazing work in this specific arena. And the same for the long-term effect for stress and anxiety, just by the fact that you can teach yourself to use those environments and calm yourself at the beginning inside VR and maybe afterwards take it outside of VR, that could be very effective for the long-term effect. And now with that, I think those are the basically main reasons why virtual reality can be very effective. Another very important use case is the, basically the ability to train the patient with different types of situations. Uh, for example, different types of social interactions for uh, ASD patients. You can put them in scenarios where they could learn how to cope with the real world environment, but in a control environment. And that allows them then when they're facing that same challenge or the same environment in the real world, they can then associate what they learned in that virtual reality environment. So that's another very big advantage where virtual reality can come into play. That's basically, again, very high level type of use cases that we are seeing in the virtual reality environment and why it's effective for different types of conditions. But there is another big component here that play a big role, and that's the data component or the closed loop system. Where every time a patient is putting a VR headset on, they are stepping into a controlled environment where or a computer-generated environment, where they are the only variable in that closed-loop environment. And that allows clinicians to manipulate those environments and measure outcomes and see how the patient is progressing over time. For example, if I'm suffering from Parkinson's or from MS, we can manipulate the environment and provide different types of cues to the patient to interact in that computer-generated environment. And then we can basically measure how the patient is performing. So in the Parkinson's example, we can ask the patient to just pick up a cup or we can ask him to do a task that in real life will look very simple, but then we can train him or her to do that task over and over based on what we can measure, if it's tremor or if it's just the ability of eye-hand coordination. And that, again, allows the clinician 
to understand better what the status of the patient, maybe even change medication if things are not progressing the way that the clinician thinks. We can do the same for cognitive type of assessment and treatment. We can do that for ADHD type of treatments. And that allows the clinicians to evaluate in a far more efficient way the status of the patient and according to those measurements to actually have the right type of treatment. Now, you need to remember that location is meaningless, right? Every time someone is putting the VR headset on, they are stepping into that virtual reality environment. And basically what it means is that we can provide access to care in a far better way when using those virtual reality headsets because it doesn't really matter where the patient is and it doesn't really matter where the clinician is. All they need to do is to step into the virtual reality environment and it will be the same virtual reality environment over and over, assuming that's what the clinician want to test. And that allows to take the outpatient realm or the different types of treatment that currently are limited to that brick and mortar model that we are all aware of. And suddenly we can take the virtual treatment rooms or the virtual clinics to patients. And by doing so, again, improve access and reduce cost and improve outcomes. And I think that's where big potential lies. Now, one of the biggest, I think, most important reason why Meta is the biggest investor in virtual reality today is because once you're in that same virtual reality environment with another person, now suddenly you feel that you're in the same room. You feel that you are next to him or her. Now, in clinical settings, when you are coping with an injury or disease, one of the most important things that can help you dramatically cope with that unpleasant situation is when you feel that you are not alone. You, if and you can talk to someone that is experiencing something similar to what you are experiencing, the chance of you cope with that injury or disease will improve dramatically. Now, what if we can be in a support group, in virtual reality, be anonymized. We can be whoever we want. We can talk about whatever we want. We can do that from the comfort of our home and we can still feel part of a group that is facing the same difficulty or injury. And that's another example why this technology will be profound because think about AA meetings. One of the difficulties in those groups is that first you need to attend in person, but then a lot of people are feeling uncomfortable to attend those meetings because they are afraid that they will be associated with that specific uh, situation that they are trying to cope. But if we can do that from the comfort of patient homes without them facing that difficulty, but still have the benefit of being part of a group, that could be profound and could be very impactful for patients' life. So that's basically a very high-level overview of several use cases where 
I personally believe that VR will make a difference. And I think, by the way, at some point, we will expand from virtual reality to the extended reality spectrum. And for the one that are not aware of, there are different types of acronyms in the ecosystem. VR stands for virtual reality, AR stands for augmented reality, and now MR stands for mixed reality. And all this combined stands for XR, which is extended reality. It's different types of techniques and levels of immersion. And what we are currently have in the market is mainly virtual reality, but I believe mixed reality will be very important in the next couple of years. Augmented reality is different types of technique to actually achieve something similar to mixed reality. And at some point when one of the chapters, I'll give you at least my take about the different in the markets and their potential for the healthcare use cases, we'll do a review of different types of headsets and how it can be used in different types of settings. I think, again, a lot of the overviews in the VR market, they are very focused on gaming and I'm planning to do some headset reviews, but specifically for healthcare. Hopefully you enjoyed this very high level type of overview. Again, in the next chapter, we'll dive into different types of use cases. We'll review different types of clinical trials some real-world evidence, not just, by the way, from, from Extra Health. I'll try to keep it as broad as I can and showcase as many players in the market as I can. But if you are a VR, XR believer, uh, specifically for the healthcare market, I would love that you'll share this content and share the fact that again, this technology can be very impactful for patients. And at some point, we would love to also have different people on the show. So if you're interested to talk about what you're doing in this space, uh, please reach out or through my LinkedIn page or through the comments on this YouTube channel. And hopefully you have some benefits from this specific podcast and content. Thank you for your time and uh, looking forward to talking to you and communicate with you and to create the healthy metaverse. Thank you.